Hello, my name is Gaia Woods. I am an MA candidate in the Clinical Psychology program at Antioch University, Los Angeles, with a specialization in spiritual depth psychology. I am also an MFT trainee at Women's Clinic Counseling Center, where I work under the supervision of Angela Cordova Dunning, MFT, and Carla Becker, MFT. This recording was made to shine light on the perspectives of spiritual depth psychology professors, students, and alumni here at Antioch University, Los Angeles. This recording was made in conjunction with an independent study for the spiritual depth psychology course entitled Life as Practice, Inner Work, Social Responsibility, and Community Service. Please enjoy this conversation between myself, Gaia Woods, and Antioch University Los Angeles SDP alumni, Julie Rodriguez. Well, welcome, Julie. Thank you so much for um, coming and being on my little series of SDP conversations. Um, if you wouldn't mind, I would love to hear um, your name and where you're from, just a brief um, introduction. My name is Julie Rodriguez, and I'm from the Los Angeles area. Wonderful. And where I know that you attended Antioch and you graduated in SDP, can you tell us when that was? I graduated from Antioch in December of 2009. Mm -hmm. um, so technically, I was uh, one of the cohort members of developing the specialization. Mm -hmm. The summer of 2009, there was the pioneering class um, to develop what is now called SDP. Mm. So technically I wasn't part of the specialization. I was part of the group that helped to develop the specialization. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I see. Wonderful. So I guess maybe this question doesn't completely apply if you were sort of still developing the specialization or if Antioch was still sort of developing the specialization as you were here. But from your background, what sort of brought you to be interested in the spiritual depth psychology um, program at Antioch? I had taken a break from school because of my career and I decided to come back to Antioch and I remember uh, during the orientation there were um, I guess professors that had some ideas about the specialization so they had different categories mm -hmm. and I remember seeing a, a spiritual kind of um, category that I felt drawn to. It seemed something that was very interesting and that I wanted to know more about. So really that's what sparked it. It was during the orientation. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I took the, the class uh, 2009 summer, um, really not knowing a lot about what this was. Yeah. It really was almost an experiment of sorts. Um, and um, was very pleased with the outcome. It was a very powerful class where I learned um, more about myself and more about depth uh, psychology mm -hmm. um, in terms of a Jungian perspective mm -hmm. and um, really did shadow work. Mm -hmm. That was really the, the process for me in that class, which was very powerful and healing. Yeah. What was that first class? I wonder if it was different than what the program currently is. Do you remember a little bit about what it was? It sounds like it made an impact on you. So it was the pioneering um, 
frontiers in mm. integrative depth psychology mm-hmm. class. Ooh, that's yeah. a mouthful. <laughs> I'm really impressed that you pulled that out. Even while I was enrolled in that course, I couldn't even oh, say yeah. it. I don't think. And I remember. Um, so really, it was just coming together as a group and mm. um, just kind of sitting in this unknown and um, delving into what research um, topics resonated for us individually and then what resonated as a group. So there was an individual Mm -hmm. project and also a group project. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where we started formulating what the specialization would look like. We didn't even have Mm -hmm. a name for the specialization really at that point. Interesting. Wow. That sounds... So cool. I, I took the course as well, um, and it, it still remains the same um, name, Frontiers and Integrative Depth Psychology. Is that what we just decided yes, that it was? Yes. yes. Um, so that's so interesting that you were one of the first people to sort of work on developing that, mm-hmm. that course. I wonder, since I feel as though spiritual depth psychology is such a large umbrella and can mean a lot of different things for different people, I'm curious when you think of sort of that term, what you what that means to you in terms of how you define that? Well, the work that um, I did in the class it drew me to the shadow aspects of the feminine. Mm. So really, that's where my my work led me. Um, what I would call now the the dark feminine mm-hmm. and the divine feminine. Mm-hmm. And I was connected in my research to a woman named Dr. Lillian Comas-Diaz, a Latina, mm-hmm. uh, very prominent in the field of psychology, originally uh, from Puerto Rico. What's her name again for our listeners? Dr. Lillian Comas-Diaz. Okay. Um, she's, um, I guess, one of my allies or a mentor for me as a Latina. Mm-hmm. Um, so that seemed to be my draw was towards her experience, um, in particular with... Um, what she defined as spirita, so Mm -hmm. Mm S-P-I-R-T-A, which is a feminism for women of color. Mm -hmm. So that seemed to resonate in my evolution in the work that I was being drawn towards. Um, And really um, taking aspects of what I've learned, you know, in, in doing that research and trying my best to incorporate that in the real work I was doing out in the field, in the community, um, mm-hmm. under the social services umbrella. Mm-hmm. I worked uh, with uh, severely emotionally disturbed uh, children and youth that were part of the child welfare system and probation systems, mm-hmm. in particular with the program called Wraparound. Mm-hmm. So that was my career. Um, I did some clinical um internships within that realm um, and also some managerial work but it was incorporating who I became in in that class Mm -hmm. um, with the work I was doing whether I was being a a therapist or I was in a leadership role in terms of supervision or management Mm -hmm. so that really um, it influenced who I was and that's how I was able to bring a depth orientation um, to the work I did. Mm-hmm. It's interesting having almost completed the spiritual depth psychology program myself. Um, 
I don't have the experience of knowing what the other programs are like. Um, but I feel as the, like what you're describing of the sort of inner sort of journey that you took through that lens of spiritual depth psychology <clears throat> has been so integral in terms of my own way that I view myself as, as a therapist and the sort of, you know, interventions, if you want to call them in a clinical sort of way. Um, but that's been so important for me in terms of my inner process um, as becoming a therapist and sort of being a student and really doing the inner work in whatever capacity that means, whether it's the divine feminine and exploring your shadow, as you have described, or whatever that looks like to you. And I'm sure that that similar um, journey applies to many um, of the specializations here at Antioch, but um, specifically the the sort of Jungian path and the shadow work, um, I also really resonate with just those are, that's a type of language that is so appealing to me and just seems to make sense. So it's nice to hear you describe it and how it has kind of connected to your work as well. Yeah. Um, I also, I'm not sure, again, having only experienced the SDP program specialization here, what the other um, specializations have in terms of a community element of the community students. And maybe it wasn't as active when you were um, a student, but there's a lot of um, STP potlucks and events and things like that. And I wonder if that sort of um, community element, um, if you could speak to that and how that maybe influenced your studying and sort of journey through the process of um, graduation and also becoming um, well, actually, I'm not sure where you where you practice now. I'm not sure. Can you actually tell us where? How are you using your your skills now? I was going to say as a therapist, but I'm not sure how you've utilized your skills. I'm not licensed, mm -hmm. um, and right now I have taken. Um, I'm in the in a transitional process. I'm actually in the unknown mm -hmm. in terms of my career. So, um, I did when I was working. Um, as an intern, I worked for private and nonprofit organizations, mm -hmm. and that's where I um, got to practice being a therapist. Mm -hmm. I also worked uh, with Jungian therapists um, with an agency called Coldwater Counseling Center. Mm -hmm. And really, I got such a wonderful foundation in this world of Jung and um, working in the private with the private practice model. Mm -hmm. um, utilizing tools such as sand play mm. and really connecting and utilizing trans, uh, transference and counter-transference mm. in the sessions. Mm -hmm. So that was part of my foundation. Yeah. Um, but currently I'm kind of looking where the next uh, assignment will lead me to and, and what my next work will be. Yeah, in the unknown. Yeah, I'm in the unknown. Yeah. And um, with being part of the initial part of the specialization, I like to come to Antioch and give back. So mm -hmm. anytime um, Matt Silverstein uh, has an opportunity, whether it's being a speaker for a panel, whether it's um, initially I TA'd mm -hmm. for um, several of the classes. Um, and shared with the students my experience. I think um, oftentimes that could be very valuable information for a student. You're learning in the classroom setting, but you also want to know what is it like in the real world when I graduate from Antioch? Yeah. And you know what what are um, 
are my options when I, I, I reach that point in um, mm -hmm. delving into my career. So any information I had with my experience, I would bring back and share with the students mm -hmm. in hopes that it would be helpful on their path and their journey, um, having a background in depth psychology mm -hmm. and how you know, I try to utilize it um, in my own experience. Mm -hmm. um, so I do come back to the potlucks. I don't make all of them, um, but um, I do come back when I can mm -hmm. and uh, reach out to my community. The SDP is my community, and, you know, if I need anything, I come back. You know, recently I needed a letter of recommendation, and I, I called Matt up, and he was more than happy to provide that for me. So I yeah. still feel so much support mm -hmm. from um, not just Antioch, but SDP in particular, mm -hmm. in terms of what I need for my career that's evolving and changing. So mm -hmm. it's a very special place for me and yeah. community for me. Um, where I feel I can give back, but I'm also um, given so much. Mm -hmm. This is sort of, I feel, what you want to get out of a program in terms of feeling supported by the program and in terms of mm -hmm. having that community element. I feel as though a lot of maybe schools might um, talk about wanting to do that, but I, I, I really resonate with what you're saying in terms of the community here is really strong, and I do feel very supported. And I think also because it is such a... Um, at least for me, um, deeply personal process of learning the concepts and the techniques and the skills and all of those things. Um, it's not just memorization of theory. It's so much more of an inner process. And so I really um, resonate with what you're saying about feeling supported through that journey, both while you were here as well as afterwards. That's nice to hear from me. Also, someone who will be soon to uh, walk out the doors and not have to return on a weekly basis for classes. So yeah, that's nice to hear that that's your experience. So let's see, I guess my other questions are just, and you spoke to it a little bit, but for people who may be curious about the types of interventions or the types of clinical applications of SDP concepts when working with clients, and you spoke a little bit about doing some Jungian um, Centre work and then about utilizing transference and countertransference with your clients, and I wonder if you might speak to that a little bit, um, even if it's not something that you're actively um, doing, because I'm, I'm very curious about that. I've never used um, sand play or any of these things, so I'm personally interested in oh, that our listeners yeah. would be as well. Um, well, the population, I worked with two sets of populations. I work with children, youth, and families in mm -hmm. the private nonprofit uh, sector um, within Los Angeles County and Orange County as well. I've worked in two counties. Um, so that is a DMH, uh, Department of Mental Health oriented population. So there's certain rules that, that we follow under that, that scope. Mm -hmm. So um, some of the interventions are a bit more structured. So as a depth oriented intern, um, especially since I was working with children, the sand place seemed to be quite helpful with that population. Mm. Um, in particular, play. Children naturally play, and it's something that you know they they'll just dive into yeah. very readily. And uh, it gave me so much information, and I got to kind of 
in a concrete way see what was going on in their internal world mm. but also the unconscious material comes out in the tray mm. and um, providing that safe space so that they can work through that unconscious material mm -hmm. they don't even have to have words to verbalize it mm. they can work through it um, in a nonverbal way so that seemed to be a skill set that I learned um, from a Jungian perspective that was very helpful with that population. Yeah. Especially the, the arts as well, like, you know, maybe just coloring, you know, having them draw a picture, working mm -hmm. with clay, something that's very tactile and tangible and something that we're not thinking about, mm -hmm. that we're just letting the unconscious material flow out. Mm -hmm. So Something filtered through our own sort of internal whether it's judgment or whatever internal filters we've maybe developed. Most yeah. definitely, most definitely. So having said that, I also worked as an intern in the private or the private practice mm -hmm. model, which is actually not too too different. Mm -hmm. um, in private practice, I didn't have the DMH constraints. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot more freedom in terms of being uh, Jungian and, and depth-oriented. Mm -hmm. That really was the space where we could do the work. Mm -hmm. um, and can you explain um, a little bit about sort of why that is for people who might just be um, beginning on their process? And, and I'm also curious as well, just in terms of the, the DMH model versus a private practice model, the DMH model, um, is it a little bit more difficult to sort of um, apply the union uh, assessment, conceptualization, interventions in terms of the DMH model, or could you elaborate on that a bit? I think there's just more structure to it. Mm -hmm. There are rules and regulations that we need to follow and adhere to. We mm -hmm. have to do an assessment within a certain time frame. We have mm -hmm. to do um, what's called our productivity and, and need, need um, minutes for that in terms of writing notes mm -hmm. so it's very clinical um, very cogby mm -hmm. in terms of the work um, in the private practice model especially working with union analysts it was very different in terms of being one-on-one -on -one with the client in the room mm -hmm. and um, to be able to you know utilize I, I could also utilize and play mm -hmm. um, in the room um, but it seemed I had the opportunity to go a little bit deeper because mm -hmm. I didn't have the constraints of worrying about, oh my gosh, I'm not meeting my productivity. Mm -hmm. You know that pressure that that I think uh, interns uh, receive um, when they're working with an agency that's contracted by the Department of Mental Health, mm -hmm. and you know working with the, that uh, that umbrella and then also the particular agency because each agency is, has a different culture. Sure, yeah. And even working with the shadow elements of DMH and mm -hmm. the particular agency navigating through that. Mm -hmm. um, but it seemed like I had a little bit more freedom to really be a depth-oriented mm -hmm. therapist in yeah. the private um, practice and you know really receiving that support from my clinical supervisor and the group of other therapists that I was working with in our group supervision and being able to have those discussions um, regarding um, the teachings of you mm -hmm. and really 
having people that were supportive of that and understood it. Because I feel like in the other realm with DMH, we're on the outskirts. It, it really mm -hmm. is not part of their system. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of folks don't even, you know, if I mention certain things about Jung, they don't even know who Jung is. You know, it's something that's not really taught in school. Mm -hmm. um, if there is, it's a very, maybe one paragraph kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, I think I learned, I had to learn how to be bilingual. I, had to, I, I really did, to yeah. be able to navigate those two different worlds. That's a really funny way of putting it. And to be able to speak the language of DMH and the structure um, that we have to follow in terms of guidelines and such and timelines, but also being able to be true to who I am um, as a depth-oriented therapist and to be able to integrate that into that process and vice versa actually because in private practice I was able to utilize some of the skills that I used that I learned through DMH and to kind of bring that into the room as well. So it, it was an interesting um, experience that I had in, in those two worlds yeah. and to be able to bridge, try to bridge as much as I possibly could to each of those worlds and to be um, ultimately, I mean, we want to be a healer. We want our client mm -hmm. to be able to have a safe space, to be able to work through what they need to work through and um, have them feel like they're supported in that and they're not alone. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so something I was able to navigate, sometimes not always as successfully as I would have wanted, but um, it was an interesting process. Yeah. And I think the more that we learn and we have um, the tools in our toolbox, um, we can be a therapist that can meet the needs of our client. Because each client is different. Mm -hmm. And uh, we may have to approach them differently depending on where they are, are at when they, they come to us initially. Mm -hmm. So having as much experience as possible, I think, is very helpful, mm -hmm. especially when you're doing your, your internship work and then ultimately when you become licensed, whatever path you follow in, in population or um, uh, realm you're working with, whether it's you know a contracted agency or a private practice or something else. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I just have a couple of other questions, and you sort of already touched on... Um, a little bit of it, at least for me. But I'm just curious if there was anything that sort of surprised you of working through a lens of spiritual depth psychology with your clients. Well, I think working with clients, whether it was children, whether it was you know adults. Um, when I worked in private practice, I worked with women, mm. predominantly. Mm -hmm. um, it's a process where. I was healing as well. Mm -hmm. We were there oftentimes, or I was in a parallel process mm -hmm. um, with a client, and to really witness healing mm -hmm. you know, happen, you know, on a on a very profound and, and deep level. Mm -hmm. um, with the children I worked with, with the families I've worked with, with the women I've worked with, and even being outside of a therapeutic role in working and supporting staff in a managerial capacity, supervisory capacity, holding that safe space mm. for the people I'm supervising so that they can do the work. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's a very beautiful process. Um, the skill set that we learn 
can be applied to life in general. Um, yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be with a client in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's enriched my life, I think, mm. and um, made me a, a productive human being where I can give back. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know that I anticipated that going in. Yeah. But um, at least for today in my experience, that's part of what I've gained mm-hmm. in doing this work. Yeah. That's really profound. When I asked that question, I sort of had a, a background in my head of what I was um, thinking. Where Oh, no, 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 that you answered it wonderfully. <laughs> but I feel as though I should tell you what I was thinking so that it makes sense. Okay. But, but I was thinking just of more of the model of, um, you know, working with clients who may be more logical or oriented a certain way in terms of their personalities and maybe, uh, you know, one approach of, you know, a different modality, whatever that modality is that you would say is very much in contrast to a spiritual depth lens, you would think maybe would work better with that person. And I guess I'm curious about if any clients that you have had have really responded to a more spiritual depth sort of model. That was sort of where I was coming from in terms of if there was anything that surprised you of sort of working in this um, modality with clients. So well, you brought up mindfulness, and I mm-hmm. think that's very much part of SDP. Mm-hmm. And practicing mindfulness, um, you know, we would practice mindfulness in the class um, before the class began, mm-hmm. just to provide grounding for the students. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I recall um, bringing that to the DMH realm mm-hmm. um, and bringing that with the clients. Um, where the, there was a, a child PTSD. It was pretty significant trauma he had experienced, mm. and working with him with that, and um, yeah. I think we even touched on some dream stuff. He was starting to share dreams with me, and some scary, scary stuff for him at the yeah. time. And having that openness as a depth-oriented um, therapist, I think, really lent to his healing process. Yeah. Had I been a different type of therapist, maybe we're just working on COG B kind of approach, um, it may have shifted his healing in the time frame, too, because he seemed to open up a little bit more quicker. Mm. It didn't take a long period of time. It, it, it was something that I was able to go into the material mm-hmm. we needed to talk about wow. a little bit sooner than later. Yeah. But mindfulness is so important, I think, it, it, regardless of, of what um, area of population you're working with. Not just for the clients, but for ourselves. I think mm-hmm. I may go off on a little bit tangent, uh, tangent with your question, oh, uh, but with self-care. Mm-hmm. Because I think depth-oriented folks, we, we, we resonate at a different level. Mm-hmm. And we can go into um, the trauma of the client, and it's really like um, we're in the dark with them. I think I remember one of my clinical supervisors had talked about, you know, we're we're walking the dark together, and um, um, Jung spoke about having a lantern. The therapist is the one with the lantern. So Mm. we're side by side on this journey, but we have some light. Mm. And um, a beautiful image. You know, that's we we resonate at at that level, and you know, going into people's personal hells, you know, with trauma and abuse and. Um, just that pain Mm -hmm. and so I think that takes a toll on depth-oriented 
therapist. So the self-care aspect, and I think Matt Silverstein has done a wonderful job in incorporating that into the practice of the students is so important, mm -hmm. um, especially with burnout. Because when you're in the room with somebody and you have back-to-back -back clients, you're trying to get your hours, um, yeah. it can take a toll on your whole being. Mm -hmm. And so practicing mindfulness as a grounding tool for us mm -hmm. as well, I think, is, is extremely important. And mm -hmm. it has to be, a, a, it could be a daily practice where it'll help us do the work. Mm -hmm. But we do have to look at self-care because um, it's so easy to get burnt out. Mm -hmm. um, in particular, being an intern trying to accrue your hours and yeah. just the stress and pressure with that. Um, yeah. So I just wanted, you had spoken about mindfulness, so I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. No, and I know that um, the self-care component has been a really big piece of all of the spiritual depth psychology courses that I've taken here, and I have really always appreciated the required element of it, because mm -hmm. I like to be a good student and do all <laughs> the things that I am asked and, you know, show up on time and everything, you know. Um, so if I'm, if it's a part of the course syllabus and it's you know quote unquote not optional if I want to you know be a good student and do all the things <laughs> that I have in my brain that I should do but that said once I you know practice the meditations and you know whatever the self-care agreement is you know even for the inner work community service course there's a self-care paper that is you write you know the first week in terms of your agreement with yourself that you're gonna maintain self-care practices that you lay out for yourself so mm -hmm. It's not, you know, dictated by someone telling you exactly what is going to be most helpful for you. But it's been very helpful for me as a student um, to maintain. The, and, and now I'm also the trainee. So, you know, balancing all of the different responsibilities and maintaining self-care, I think, is a really big part of SDP. And I'm really glad that it is a part of it because it's really helped me. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. And it'll help you when you, you launch into the real world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess I just have one other question, which is sort of a question about, I always like to know what books or movies people are looking to to deepen their relationship to their own SDP journey, if there's anything right now that you're looking at or reading or thinking about that you'd like to share. So recently, um, this past quarter, the spring quarter, I um, was a substitute teacher um, for, for Matt. And I shared um, Dancing in the Flames. It's a documentary mm. movie. It came out in 2009. Andrew Harvey uh, was the interviewer. Mm -hmm. He interviewed Marion Woodman. And she's actually um, one of the women that um, has been inspirational to me as well. Mm. Um, I would, I would um, have both her and, and Dr. Lillian Comas Diaz. Those were two prominent influences. Mm. So her documentary is about her life. Um, she had written a book called Dancing in the Flames. Um, mm -hmm. It speaks to the feminine. She, um, that was her life's work, was to find the feminine. Mm -hmm. So it's very beautifully done. Yeah. Um, if um, if uh, folks have an opportunity to, to view that, that documentary, I think it's very helpful in understanding what depth work is. Yeah. Um, it spoke to Marion's inner process, and she was very candid about... Um, you know, what she had to do in her inner work and how that influenced ultimately yeah. her life's work 
um, being a Jungian analyst. So that's something that, that comes to mind. Um, yeah. It's really interesting. Um, our, we're in a very interesting place in our world right now. and um, This is true. And I, I seem to be hearing more people talking about shadow. Mm. Um, I um, practice Kundalini Yoga. I'm influenced mm. by Sikh Dharma. And I, I, I listen to a man, I don't even know his name. He's, he's called Catalyst Yogi. You can look him up on YouTube. Catalyst Yogi? Yes. Okay. Um, he's speaking to shadow mining, mm. which is really fascinating to me. Um, so Andrew Harvey, the one, the, um, the man that worked with um, Marion Woodman, He's collaborated with, um, I was like, yeah, I forget her name. She came out on Super Soul Sunday with Oprah Winfrey. She does a lot of spiritual work. They're starting to talk about shadow work. Mm. And, um, wow, so like very, um, I wouldn't call Oprah popular culture, but in a very public sort of yeah. way, this discussion about shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Even Jim, Jimmy Fallon recently had somebody practice mindfulness. You know, I saw that clip because yeah. um, it was, uh, and you know, I don't know his last name, but but he just goes by Andy, mm -hmm. the um, founder and creator of the meditation app Headspace. Yes. Yeah, yes, and yes. he had... The audience, as yeah. well as Jimmy Fallon, practiced yeah. a two-minute meditation on live TV. <laughs> it was and wonderful. And a late-night talk show. And a late-night talk show. So right. it's, it's becoming more mainstream, these these areas, where which is exciting to me. Mm -hmm. you know, because people are, are going to be delving into doing their own inner work. Mm -hmm. um, so the last um, one of the videos um, that was very helpful in the beginning, when I was actually a student, uh, Debbie Ford did a video. Oh, the name escapes me right now. I just saw it the other day. I, I don't remember. No, it's okay. I know it's such an on-the-spot uh, question too. I, know, I realize everyone I know, probably has a favorite book list, good, movie list, but um, it's an older video. But it, I mean, for it's kind of a good introductory introduction to what what shadow is. Mm -hmm. um, for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, that's okay. If you remember, you can um, email me and I can put a link in the um, description portion okay. of the podcast for yeah. our listeners. So. I mean, most of these things you can look them up on YouTube. They're mm -hmm. free. Yeah. The name escapes me right now. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> well, it's been a real pleasure having you on and speaking with us about your experience, both you know here at Antioch as well as working and just your process through the spiritual depth psychology journey as well as your work as a therapist and as, as a human being and <laughs> your sort of process through that so thank you so much is there anything else that you would like to add or share well thank you for having me this is yeah. i think a wonderful um, opportunity and um yes anything i can give back to our antioch community sdp in particular i'm more than happy to well thank you so much you're welcome this project is made with the assistance and supervision of Professor Jacqueline Pinn, Antioch University, and the Spiritual Depth Psychology Program here at Antioch University, Los Angeles.